10-5 touchdown, Arkansas State. Culver is safe. The Red Wolves have walked it off. Amir, coast to coast, lays it home with the right hand, and he's fouled. Welcome to the Second to None podcast, the A-State podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and... Brad Bobo. We welcome you once again to the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Football season is over, but, you know, even though there's nothing happening on the field, it seems like the action is just kind of getting warmed up. Oh, Does yeah. Does it feel like that to Total you? new season. The off season seems to be more busy than it's ever been at this point with the transfer portal and everything that's going on there well i think what we've done with college football is tried to create this thing where there isn't an off season where you kind of go to regular season there used to be you'd go to regular season to bowl season then if you played in the bowl you'd come right back out and you'd be straight into recruiting season mm-hmm. and then you'd have might have a little bit of a downtime and then you get spring football and the, but now i mean between you know, coaching changes, the portal, early signing day, it just, it all blends together. You and I sat here last week and talked about how these next couple of weeks would be the most critical for uh, Coach Jones and his coaching staff at Arkansas State and what they needed to do leading up to signing day, which is now coming up next week on December the 15th. But they had a lot of recruits in this past weekend and, you know, by all accounts, had a very good weekend. Yeah, it's a really interesting dynamic because, for the most part, you're after guys that other people are after. And I asked Coach Jones about this at maybe his last weekly press conference. Was that, And I didn't want to word it this way, but I didn't have to. And he knew the question without me being so blunt about it. Can you use losing to your advantage? On the recruiting trail. His answer was yes. You can because it gives you a chance to really get in front of a guy and sell immediate playing time. Now, the flip side is as quickly as you're going to try to use it in your favor, everybody else is going to use it against you. You're going to go there, they went 2-10. and ten. At the same time, uh, you've got some, some players that are exiting the program. That has been a big part of the conversation over the last week or so, especially because that number of transfers that are leaving Arkansas State is up to around 15 or so now. Now, some of the big names I don't think came as a big surprise. Marcel Murray, we knew that before the season ended. Oh, yeah. So I didn't see him out there anymore. Yeah. Antonio Fletcher, Anthony Switzer. They announced right after the season ended, but I don't think that came as a big surprise to anybody. Out of the whole list, and I haven't even looked what it is. First of all, there's a, a lot of these guys that you've seen are entered the portal from Arkansas State weren't scholarship guys. A pretty big chunk of those weren't. To me, unless there's something as we sit here that I haven't seen yet, I've been surprised by two. The Travion Green and Jarius Romanick. Really are the only two that I thought, dang, that guy was going to play. Yeah, the Travion Green was a guy that, especially the second half of the season when the defense really started to get going, you saw him out there on defense a little bit more at that safety spot. And he was a key contributor on special teams, too. So 
really didn't like seeing him go. And then Jarius Romanick is a guy who played both corner and safety this past year. I was surprised that that he left because he's been a big part of this defense the last couple of years. And with Green, I don't know anybody's reason why. It doesn't matter whatever you want to do. But what you hope it sure wasn't was somebody getting in a kid's ear and going, man, they just got you on special teams. Because one thing we've seen about Butch Jones that was different than the previous staff. And by the way, I'll tell you, I don't think either one of these approaches is right or wrong. But Blake Anderson and that staff, you know, their their big thing all the time was we want our best players on the field on special teams. And you would see starters all over the place on special teams trying to get an advantage that way. Which Jones' philosophy on special teams is the fewer starters you play on special teams, the deeper you are. And he mentioned that a couple of times this past year. So – if you're going to get on the field, for a lot of guys, but I think especially you're going to get on the field for Butch Jones as a young guy in the program, you're going to do it first on special teams. And look, there were guys like a Nathan Hassler or a Cam Jeffrey, guys that you know they like a lot. Both Justin on the, Parks. That really didn't play a ton of defense. Yeah. I mean, they, they played more games than they could play and get their red shirt back just playing special teams. And it's because the staff was big on those guys. The big transfer news last week was Lane Hatcher's announcement. And now you didn't include that in the two guys that you were surprised about. Nope. I wasn't shocked. I don't know if I was even surprised, but I I was curious as to if and when that announcement was coming. And then Lane just announced it. On his social media, I think it was Thursday of last week. It's earlier may have been that, may yeah. have been Wednesday. This is a guy that is very unique as far as the transfer portal because he's already thrown sixty five career touchdowns. You know he deserves a chance to be a starter somewhere, and I guess he just he didn't see that happening here. This is one of those things, and this is what I find myself telling people on my show this a lot last week, and probably not through telling it. Probably not even the last time we'll say it in this podcast. You know, everybody knows me knows I've grown up watching professional wrestling, and that's built on the good guys are the baby faces, the bad guys are the heel, and you know which one's which. This ain't that, right? These these transfer deals, they don't got to be that. This ain't wrestling. There doesn't have to be a good guy and a bad guy. Sometimes it's mutually beneficial. I'm inclined to believe with Lane Hatcher, this is mutually beneficial. Because it lets him go shop around for a place with a staff that knows his skill set coming in and knows that he can come in in their offense and tear it up. And for Arkansas State, as long as Lane Hatcher is here, up to two more years, if he's not playing, you're always going to have people wanting him to. And if he is playing, you're always going to have people not wanting him to. It's just what this thing sort of evolved into. He leaves one of the more unique legacies that I can remember at Arkansas State and the fact that he did have such big numbers while he was here, but he was never the guy. Mm -mm. And he leaves, what, third in school history in passing touchdowns, top five or top ten in pretty much every other significant list, came in backing up Logan Bonner in 2019. He got an opportunity 
after Logan was lost for the year, ended up winning Sunbelt Conference Freshman of the Year. Everybody knows what happened in 2020. He split the reps 50-50. And then this year, you know, it was James Blackman that won the starting job at the beginning of the year, but it took him all of one half to get into the game uh, against UCA. He came in at halftime, and then he goes 12 for 12 and throws four touchdowns. And then the conversation was back on whether or not Lane should be on the field. Yep. But You mentioned got on first with the Logan Bonner thing, with the injury. People forget, by the way, the numbers Logan Bonner was putting up when he got hurt that year. Oh, yeah. Taren, he'd already thrown for 1,000 yards. Then Lane doesn't start a single game in 2020 with the rotation deal, and that's a whole nother conversation. And then this year, I maintain, and we may never know, and it really doesn't matter at this point, but you go back to that UCA game and him coming in going 12 for 12 and the four touchdowns, all this, to me, and it's awesome. I mean, I mean look, it's great. Help win the football game. In my opinion, if James Blackman's helmet never comes off, Lane Hatcher never steps on the field that night. Yeah, I think there's a very good case for that. But there was enough there and enough past history there to see that it wasn't clear-cut by any stretch who the starting quarterback would be going nope. into next year. And look, you and I, I mean, I know we think about this the same. As long as it's someplace that's not playing Arkansas State, I hope Lane Hatcher goes for two years and absolutely tears it up somewhere because we're big fans of that kid. His work ethic was unlike anything that we've ever seen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, best of luck to Lane. So we go from one former A-State quarterback to another in Ryan Applin. And big news came, I guess, from you late Thursday night that Ryan Applin was leaving Arkansas State, would no longer be the running backs coach here. And this is a story that kind of fell into your lap. Yeah, a little bit. I heard about it late Thursday night, although a little bit unique in how the waves of information came in. First, you know, I was told definitively Ryan Applin is leaving. Could not find out or was not able to be told where for, just that he was leaving. Later in the night, got told that he's leaving. It's not a Power 5 school. That was the first thing. Not a Power 5 school, and that he's leaving to be some sort of you know, coordinator. He'd be a coordinator some kind of way. I thought, well, okay. I mean, you hate it, that you know, but if a guy's going to be an off, you know, coordinator, then you get that. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, over the next probably 12 hours, I heard it was three different places he was heading. <laughs> and each you know each firm in their own ways and i don't mind telling you one time he was, he was definitely going to south alabama like it now that's where he was going by friday morning well i don't think it's south alabama but i've heard so and so says i've heard maybe western kentucky is where he's headed people over there say they're bringing him back and then in the end you know the, the other name you heard and will end up being the case is you know georgia southern where uh you know he spent 50 some odd days with clay helton here uh, worked for Tyson Helton mm-hmm. at Western Kentucky and was getting paired back up with you know, the guy he was co-OC with at Western, who was a Clay Helton guy for, back at USC. So there were connections yeah. there. You know, one thing that I don't think should ever be in doubt is just the love that Ryan Applin has for this place. And you know, when he came back to Arkansas State last year, you know, after Coach Jones was hired, you know, everybody was excited and deservingly so. I mean, when one of the 
best to ever play at a program comes back to the school there's a, a certain level of excitement there and I remember Ryan saying it just feels different putting on the A-State logo every day and I know he was happy to be back here but he would love to come back to Arkansas State at some point in just a conversation not in just in just me talking to Ryan Applin the guy I've known for however many years a decade one time before he was even brought back on the staff heck before Butch Jones was even hired he told me, you know, definitively, I know he grew up in the Tampa area, but he said, my, my dream job is not to be the head coach of the Florida Gators. My dream job is to be the head coach at Arkansas State. He feels like apparently that, that this movie's making here helps that become a reality down the line. Not to mention, you know, you can't discount the fact we, we get, you know, we only want to look at this through the scope of football. Ryan Applin has a lovely wife, Tori. His high school sweetheart, she came to school at Arkansas State with him. Known Tori as long as, as, you've long known as Ryan. we've known Ryan, yes. And they have a, a growing family, three <laughs> kids and counting. And in Statesboro, Georgia, they are three hours from home, both of them. That matters. We got a young, growing family and a husband with a job that requires a ton of hours. We hate to see them leave, but we understand it. We understand why Coach Jones wanted to keep Heck yeah he did because he is a rising star in this business yeah number one let me say so to, to arkansas state fans don't get it twisted butch jones wanted to keep ryan applin also don't get it twisted ryan applin leaving is no sort of there's no secret message in the state of the program at arkansas state to georgia southern fans i simply say this if you're one of the ones squawking and griping about this hire you're a goof <laughs> There's nothing to gripe about when it comes to Ryan Applin being part of your football program. No. He's as good as there is, and I just got a feeling we haven't seen the last of Ryan Applin at Arkansas State. Hope not. Hopefully that's the case. We're going to switch gears, talk a little A-State hoops when we come back here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. You raised your family here. Did every July 4th here refinish the floors here twice? Sized up your daughter's boyfriends here? Waited in the doorway all day when your son was coming home on leave. This place has given you all you've dreamed of, and now it's giving again. In the form of a gourmet kitchen and the quietest dishwasher known to man. Realize your dream with a home equity line of credit from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. Just one game last week for the A-State basketball team. The men... Had six days between games. They had come off the win over Kansas City last Sunday and then hosted Central Arkansas, wrapping up a three-game homestand this past Saturday. It was actually the first matchup with the Bears since 2016. So good for a couple of in-state opponents to go head-to-head. And it was interesting because it was one of – two in-state matchups that were going on Saturday. Yeah. Little Rock was actually playing in Fayetteville. You know, it's it, there's all kinds of interesting things in there. And, that, you know, UCA, as you said, those two games going on at the same time, one in Jonesboro, one at Fayetteville. UCA had just played in Fayetteville earlier in the week. Their next game after coming to Jonesboro is against Little Rock. Arkansas State, next game at Pine Bluff. First time in program history, A-State will play Back-to-back non-conference games against in-state Division One opponents. 
We're seeing all kinds of history. <laughs> by the time right you count now. the 91s and two games of Little Rock, A-State plays seven games this year against teams from Arkansas. Talked with Coach Bellato before the game Saturday, and he said it was really important for his team to just come out and get off to a good start, and, and I thought they did that. Uh, got Gosh. off to a, a heck of a start in this game, led by as many as 22 in the first half. Led by 16 at the intermission, they end up winning by 13, 95 to 82. They improved to 5-2 and two on the season. But I thought offensively, you know, for the second straight game, really, they were really in a good rhythm. They had shot 54% in the win against Kansas City. They shot 57% from the field against UCA. And then they were 9 of 18 from three-point range, 26 of 30, from the foul line. So not only were they making their free throws, but they were getting there a lot. They had come into the game second in the Sun Belt in assist, averaging around 15 a game. They had 20 assists in that win Saturday. You know, you go back and look at those last two first halves, Kansas City and UCA. And I haven't gotten to yet, but I'm going to sit down and run the offensive numbers just in those two first halves. I think they shot 65% in the first half against Kansas City. Yeah, it sounds right. And then shot, you know, way over 57 of 10 from the three in the first half. And if this, I mean, and this, look, the same, if any team shoots like that, you're going to have problems. But if this team shoots like that, you're going to have problems because now you got to pick your poison. You can see the way people are defending this team. They're trying, I mean, people very concerned about them getting out in transition and getting to the rim. Now, if we're going to come out and shoot from the floor and hit the three like that and get to the line and cash it in, this team is hard to guard. A-State also out-rebounding UCA 37-24 to in the game. So good to see uh, the Red Bulls doing a great job on the boards. They had to go a little bit shorthanded. Avery Feltz in COVID protocol, so he was not available. And then you know, Marquise Eaton was sick the night before. Coach Bellato talked about him having uh, like a 101-degree fever. It was non-COVID related, but sat out of shoot-around, but he wanted to give it a go on Saturday. Ended up going 24 minutes and scored 12 points. Did a good job in the win. Well, he also became uh, took over third place alone in the career assist list. Meanwhile, Norshad O'Meara continues... <laughs> To, to put up really interesting numbers because it, it's amazing what kind of numbers he'll post if he ever stays out of foul trouble. And you know, Coach Bellato just kind of started laughing during the post game the other night because you know he, he played 20 minutes. Norshad, in those 20 minutes, had 19 and 13, and he had a couple of blocked shots. And the reason he only played 20 minutes was because, again, he picked up two quick fouls. First media timeout, we're five minutes in, and Norshad's got to sit down because going into the timeout, he had picked up his second foul. Just to know, I mean, he had a, he had a pretty good double-double, 14 points, 12 rebounds in the second half. So, but, but it's like, you laugh, but like you just... I know it's driving them crazy, too, because, you, you know, we see these kids in the numbers and you think he's a finished product and he's just not. And you lose sight of just how little basketball in the grand scheme of things he's played. And just the next progression here in the evolution of North Shadow Mirror is teaching him what plays you don't have to make. Because what you get, a couple of those early fouls, what's one of them? Trying to run a fast break, offensive foul. What's another one? out almost to half court trying to get a steal 
There are things this team doesn't need Norshad O'Meara to do. That's a couple of them. The things that drive you nuts about it are the same things you love about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because he goes 100% all the time. He struggles gearing it down. He just plays so hard all the time. And you love to see that. But at, at the same time, he's got to know when to take it back a notch. And, and I think that's kind of a, a fine line that Coach Bellotto is trying to draw with him. And I think he'll continue to learn that. But there's some games where sitting out for 15 minutes in the first half is not going to work. Yeah. yeah. It's going to come back to get you. And at some point, too, the film's going to get out. These coaches are going to pick up and get conference time. That you know What's going to happen is – you know, they're going to decide, hey, even if we come up with some empty trips, it's worth it early to just go at this dude a couple of times and see if you can get him in foul trouble. And that's going to be what's going to start happening. Desi Sills continues to really look good. 19 points uh, against UCA the other night, 7 of 11 from the field. Uh, going into that game, he was leading the Sun Belt in steals. It's funny because you look at, this team and what they returned 97 percent of the scoring from last year 97 98 percent most everybody was back and then you add desi and he's become this team leader already i mean we're seven games in and you know i even heard about this from coach Bellato in the offseason during the preseason workouts desi was already taking that leadership role and i think after the loss to moorhead state desi spoke up once again and you can tell that you know his teammates respond to him well number one here, here's a couple of things that give desi seals that credibility in the locker room first and foremost is that he plays hard all the time, too. As they say, he's got that dog in him. He's going to get down there and he's going to be diving on the floor and, I mean, and trying to make plays. And that's what he brings to the table. Then in the second half, he has been where this team wants to go. He was just played every game for a team that made a deep NCAA tournament run. So those two things, and I don't think it's those two things in combination. The fact that he's been there done that and they see how hard he brings it every day then that makes him a voice that can walk right into that locker room and have people listen to him caleb fields continues to play well at the point 18 points he had six assists in that game saturday against uca and he was nine of nine from the foul line and it's funny we i interviewed caleb after the game and we're sitting there waiting to come back from commercial and he said you know that's all we've been working on we we work on free throws all the time and you can tell right now i mean this team hits their free throws and you know caleb's always been that guy i mean all three years he's been at a state now i mean especially in crunch time he's that guy that that you want at the foul line and it just gets so many guys that, that can get to the free throw line i mean one time somehow and i even saw it in slow motion and i still don't know how Caleb Fields had the basketball at the top of the key with two on the shot clock and got to the rim and got fouled before it went off. <laughs> Marquise Eaton, you know, crafty, and he's got all those moves that late, that can kind of get a guy on skates and he can get to the line. Nor Shadow Mirror is so strong, you know, he can get to the line. Desi Seals is always going to be trying to get to the rim. It's going to get him to the line. Even a, a Marquise Davis and a Keon Wesley, the lanky guys they can put on the floor, they can get to the line. So I'm glad they shoot free throws all the time because – they're a team full of guys that stand to shoot a bunch of them. 
the men now five and two on the season. We're going to take a look at their week ahead and uh, take a look at what else is happening around the Sunbelt Conference when we come back to wrap things up on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank right after this. Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings, they just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. And that's when you realize you're home. Really, really home. Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. Well, we talked earlier what was going on in the world of A-State football, but a lot of other things happening around the Sunbelt Conference that certainly are worth mentioning here. And the Raging Cajuns win the Sunbelt Championship game this past weekend. Congratulations to them. It's their first ever outright Sunbelt Conference Championship. They had been in the championship game a couple of times, had it canceled on Mm -hmm. them last year, but it was the last game for Billy Napier. He went out a winner and props to him. You know, he gets the Florida job. He said, whatever circumstance I get hired, he said, going in, I'm going to coach in the conference championship game and non-negotiable they came out played fantastic and uh, the cajuns now 12 and 1 on the season and they're heading to the new orleans bowl now but they've already named their new head coach and offensive coordinator michael desimo i remember him really well from his playing days he was a heck of a quarterback for the cajuns wonder how great a prize they think their conference title and 12 game win streak Get some trip to New Orleans. And no knock on New Orleans, but they can hop in a car and go to New Orleans if they want to. They played in that bowl many times over the years. So they're going to uh, head there now and take on future Sunbelt opponent, Marshall. And they'll clean Marshall's clock, I bet. Again, uh, Michael Desimo, the new head coach for the Cajuns. And, and then. That, yeah, I mean, and I know, okay, you touched on that and I didn't address that but yeah number one i i think it's great that not that they hired from within but it, it's great that they had somebody they wanted to hire from within because it's you know, awfully easy all of a sudden when you're paying your last guy two million dollars they didn't have any shortage of people willing to come in and take that coaching job and they could have gone off and you know gone a big name route or a lot of different ways they could go so i'm thrilled to see billy napier go and it's not like they're not going to win anymore because he did but at least it's worth a shot for for the rest of us. Uh, all the respect in the world for the job he did there. And heck, I hope he does a good job at Florida. Meanwhile, Troy has hired their new head coach and John Sumrall. He is familiar with the Troy program. He was an assistant for Neil Brown during uh, his very successful tenure in Troy. Most recently, Sumrall was the uh, co-defensive coordinator under Mike Stoops at Kentucky. So he goes back to Troy to become the head coach. Do want to say congratulations to our friend Blake Anderson. What a weekend for him uh, winning the Mountain West Conference Championship in his first year at Utah State. And, you know, to see the former Red Wolves kind of show out in that game. Logan Bonner and Brandon Bowling in particular was pretty neat. Yeah, I think Logan, the MVP of the game, bowling had a, a big day, caught a touchdown, had a lot of receiving yards, and yeah, I did see the job 
Yeah, they did overall their team that won one game. Voted not to play their last game of the year last year. Didn't like the hire of Blake Anderson because they wanted their interim guy to get it. Had a falling out with the university president over comments that were made. Mm-hmm. And he walked into a little bit of a hornet's nest. And they go from one win to now 10 wins and counting and a conference title. You know, one of the great stories in the country. And by the way, today, Monday, as we sit here, he won the uh, AFCA Regional Coach of the Year. There are five of those handed out, and one of those was Blake Anderson. And I think everybody understands the reasons why Coach Anderson left Arkansas State. They were 100% personal and needing that that change of scenery, going out uh, to Logan, Utah, and getting that fresh start at Utah State and, and to see him succeed in the way that he has uh, – very, very happy for him. Speaking of Utah State, the women's basketball team will be at Utah State coming up this Wednesday, and uh, that's their only contest this week as they try to get back in the win column. Yeah, and you, just that stretch of the season, as you and I both know, where you see some gaps in it because of finals. And, uh, yeah, they're taking that one game out there. You know, Utah State returns that thing next year. So you look next year – you know, the non-conference home slate for the women, you already know, is going to have Utah State on it. going to have Earl Roberts on it. It's going to have Oklahoma on it. All three teams you know that are coming into Jonesboro next season. Meanwhile, the men with an interesting schedule this week. They're playing two road games at SWAC opponents. And, you know, just haven't had many contests like that over the years. I remember... And I can't remember what the year was uh, going to Mississippi Valley probably nine, ten years ago and and calling a game there. But that during my time at A-State, that's the only time we've gone on the road and played a SWAC school. And now we're about to do it twice in one week. And and it's the first time that uh, we've been down to UAPB. We'll do that Wednesday night. Yeah, I I did. I know for sure I did one at Alabama A&M. Uh, in my day, uh, but I don't know if there were more or not. So we'll do UAPB Wednesday at 7 in Pine Bluff. Yeah, and and the hope is from an Arkansas State standpoint that the Red Wolves go in there and and play so well that Solomon Bozeman makes his guys come out and run at halftime. (laughs) And that happened at... They took a timeout in in the Big Ten this past week, so there was a large crowd there. He took a timeout and had them... They ran baseline to baseline. Wow. And I think they had him come out and apologize for that a little bit later on in the week. The, the, he had to apologize for that? I think he had to apologize. That's silly. It's not a method used very often. But, but I didn't see, of course, I didn't spend a lot of time looking, but I didn't I didn't see him getting ripped over that about to me. It's, I mean, I thought people thought it was funny. To me, I, I think, hey, if you're trying to get the point across, that's a heck of a way to do it. Yeah, and hopefully... And they're running those baselines again on Wednesday <laughs> night. Seven o'clock, the tip time. And then uh, Saturday at Mississippi Valley State. I know they've got the tip time listed for four, probably going to be closer to 4 15, 4 30. They've got a women's game starting at two right before that at Mississippi Valley State. But uh, you can hear both of those games this week uh, on the EAB, Red Wolf Sports Network from Learfield. So. Not as busy of a week ahead, but still uh, the A-State basketball teams both in action. Anything you need to get off your chest before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. Well, you've been in a good mood lately. Well, it's the holidays. 
My anniversary is this week. Yes, that's true. What's there to not be happy about? We always appreciate you listening to the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. For Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week.